Welcome, welcome, ladies. It is a good morning. You have tuned in on the right day at the right time. I believe truly and fully that God has a word of encouragement for you today. So thank you for joining us on another show with Good Morning Ladies with Candy Bryan. And our very special guest today, I want to say a huge thank you to Vanessa Eccles for joining us. Good morning, Vanessa. Well, good morning. Thank you so much for uh, having me on your show today. I'm so excited. We're excited as well. We we see you every day on TV, but, you know, I think the ladies are going to get a special treat just to get to hear you and your heart. And so as I tell every guest, I like to get out of the way, you know, one or two questions, but really just to have you be able to share. But Vanessa, I, I know that you've heard a couple podcasts. You heard one of the recent podcasts with Cecily. And you might have heard, good, <laughs> you might have heard that we are on a road trip. So are you ready to come on a road trip with us? I love road trips, so I am here. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's a very long road trip. We've been on this journey for 90 days, and the series has been called Shutting Down Fear and Anxiety. And it began because a lot of friends, uh, my, my circle of friends and women that I know were really dealing with anxiety to the point of being medicated and having to, you know, just that, that place where they just couldn't shake it and so I said, okay, God, I know that you have people out there that have been through the fire, through the storm, and they have messages of hope. And so that's why we exist. So first, before we get into my question, um, I was telling you a little earlier that I did my research. I felt like I had to really, you know, do this because I'm talking to a professional. And um, <laughs> so you, you are a graduate of University of Alabama? Yes, I am, Roll Pride. Roll Tide. You know, I wanted to say that I was waiting for that. My husband was standing behind me. He's like, yes, Roll Tide. And I was like, I'm going to tell her that (laughs) when we get on the phone. We love to watch them play and we love Nick Nick Saban. It's so much fun. I grew up, in fact, in Auburn, Alabama. So if you know anything about college football, you know that the Alabama-Auburn rivalry is so intense, intense to the point where relatives will refuse to talk to each other. (laughs) <laughs> will threaten each other with bodily injury. There have been some cases of bodily injury. I mean, it's very intense. So oh I grew God. up in Auburn and after high school decided to go into journalism and went to school at the University of Alabama. So I'm the town trader. And <laughs> we won't tell anyone. <laughs> I, yes. Well, other people say she saw the light and came to Alabama. But I was a broadcast journalism major there. One of those who never changed my major. I was sure this is what I wanted to do and worked at the campus um, television station. And then after, shortly before I graduated, I got a job at a country music station, of all things, there in Tuscaloosa, and did that for a while, and then worked in radio news, and then got my first television job at a very, very tiny station in West Tennessee, Jackson, Tennessee. Made a couple of stops along the way, and then ended up here in Orlando in 1992 and recently celebrated my 25th year at Channel 9. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been quite a journey. That is a journey. And, you know, I just think that not only that, but you have so many accomplishments and you give back to the community. We'll get into that a little bit later because we have a very special month coming up next month. We spoke briefly and I shared a little bit about the fear and anxiety Series and that we're shutting that down in our lives. And each guest has come on to just talk a little bit about their journey. And so I wanted to ask you, 
Can you tell us about a time in your life where you really had to deal with fear and anxiety? And, you know, we just, we just want to hear your heart and even some encouragement for the ladies listening. I think that all of us at some point have dealt with fear and anxiety. And unfortunately for some of us, it is crippling. You mentioned sometimes people are, are medicated for it. Um, I think if someone tells you they've never dealt with fear and anxiety, they just simply aren't telling the truth. You know, life is can be hard, and some things come at us, and you have a reason to have a sense of fear. I think about you know, when I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2004, that's a feeling of fear. But then there are times when we just start thinking, and, you know, you can overthink things, and it becomes fearful and make you anxious. And then we had a Bible study about, you know, breaking free from fear was our big thing. And I was telling the people in the study that a couple of years ago, I had a 50th um, anniversary party for my parents. So their 50th wedding anniversary, and I did all these big plans. And so we had the event, and it was spectacular, and everyone had a good time. So we're driving back from the venue, and my father and my father's driving, so he and my mom are in the front seat. And my aunt, who flew in from Michigan, she's in the car, and she said, you just did an amazing job with this. And I looked at her and I said, oh, you have no idea how relieved I am. And she mm. said, what do you mean? I said, I was just thinking about all the stuff that could happen. And she kind of looked at me very puzzled. She said, like what? I said, well, I was losing sleep because one night I had a dream that the hotel burned down and then there was no <laughs> place for us to have the party. And then I was thinking, what am I going to do? Because we planned it and then people are planning to be there and I'm off work. And then how will I reschedule it and will people come back? And then, so she was very puzzled. And then I said, and also I was thinking, like, what if on the way someone got hurt and then they couldn't be at the party? And then what I tell my parents, like, well, Uncle so-and-so's not here because he was in a wreck and he's not okay or he is okay. Just all kind of wild, crazy things. Mm. And finally she looked at me and she was like, you know that's crazy, right? And I was thinking, mm. she started laughing. But the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? My mind went to all these places of all the things that could have happened where maybe I should have been focusing on, you know what, what if this is like the best event these people have been to all year? What if everyone comes and has a great time and it's wonderful and everyone is joyful when they leave and uplifted and all of that, because that's what happened. Everyone came and right. had a great time, but I saw all of that wasted energy worrying about, all these things that could have happened. You know, what if a missile had hit the building? Just all kind of stuff that mm. now I think. I'm like, I was really temporarily insane at the time. So I think it's And we have all been there. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you just need to talk to yourself like, you know what, self, you're sounding really crazy right now. Pull back and think, you know, can a catastrophe happen? Well, of course, we live in a fallen world. But what about thinking more about what if this turns out great? What if this turns out even better than I ever imagined, than I ever thought? So I think it's that kind of fear. But then when I mentioned the cancer diagnosis, when I was diagnosed in 2004, that was fearful. But I think mm. I even strangely dealt with that fear better than the fear that I just told you about. Because when I was in the doctor's office and she's explaining everything to me, she finally looked at me and said, do you, because I must have had a glazed look on my face or like a confused look, and she said, do you understand what I'm saying? And I was like, yeah, I think so. And when I was driving that same afternoon to my oncologist's office, I started to 
kind of panicked. I was like, well, this is really serious. And I've never been, I mean, I've never even had the flu before. I'm never sick. And so I was like, mm. wow, this is kind of weird. I'm sick and I've had a cold before, but this is cancer. Like, this is a really big deal. What if I die? But I only thought that in a moment because at that moment, it, you know, I think the old people in Alabama call it the unction of the Holy Spirit. That's what I felt. Mm. I felt like God himself talking to me, like saying, oh, I knew this was coming. And I kind of wow. said it out loud. I was like, oh, God, you did know this was coming. It caught me by surprise totally and completely because I didn't have any symptoms. I felt great. I was like, this took you by surprise? This took me by surprise? But it didn't take God by surprise. Like, oh, Lord, you saw this coming, like, the day my, before the day my dad even laid eyes on my mother, you knew that this was coming. And I was like, okay, so you knew this was coming, so you got this, so I'm good. Never had a moment of fear after that. Not once. Oh, my goodness. Vanessa, I have to tell you, I, I'm getting chills because I'm thinking to myself, I had the same experience to the point where mm-hmm. the doctor does kind of look at you in anticipation yes. of panic. Mm-hmm. And at first, I was really um, disappointed and sad when I, when I heard the person say to me, Candy, this is breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And then the second thought was, okay, God, what are you going to do through this? I'm obviously, in, a ministry is going to be birthed out of this. I'm excited to see what it is. So that was the second thought, and that was where the peace came in. And so um, I want to read the scripture really briefly before we continue, because uh, you said something, and it just really, I think it resonated with every woman listening, that this did not take the Lord by surprise. We love the scripture, so many of us, Jeremiah 29, 11, right? Mm-hmm. It says, for an... Yes, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And that just struck me as, you know what, it doesn't matter what it is, what, it is, what the diagnosis is, what you're going through right now. He's not surprised. He's not caught off guard because he has a plan for you. Speak to that a little mm-hmm. bit. And, and where, where has this, this taken you, that, that journey, and, and you knew that God knew it was going to happen. What happened after that? I think one of the most interesting things is before this, I was always, I called myself the chief encouragement officer because whenever my friends would go through a tough time, I was the one who always said, well, let me tell you, let's, let's see what the Bible says about this. Let's find mm-hmm. some scripture. Let's find some inspirational poem, something. You know, I was always the one encouraging them. And it occurred to me, they are going to be watching me to see how mm-hmm. I handle this. To Ooh. see if I fold, because now it's not talking to someone else. It's me. Um, so it's like, it's me encouraging myself. And I knew that they would be watching to see how I would handle this. And it was very interesting that someone um, at work who was not a believer, in fact, if you ask him, I think he would say he's an atheist. And he said, so are you mad with God now because you got sick? And I said, mm. well, let me explain two things to you. Number one. God did not give me cancer. Did he allow this to come into my life? Yeah, because everything has to come through him. But he allowed it because he has some kind of purpose. And at that point, I didn't know what it was, but I said, he has some kind of purpose in this. But it's not like he was like, okay, who can I pick on today? Oh, look, let me pick on Vanessa. Mm, not like that. He allowed this because he had a reason for it. That's number one. And then I said, number two, why would I be mad at God? Because, you know, I think if you're going to say, God, I'm mad at you because I have cancer 
then you need to look at all the blessings in your life and question that mm-hmm. too. Like, okay, why did you give me these two amazing parents? And why did I grow up where I grew up? I could have grown up in a totally different country and not have the opportunities that I have. You know, all kind of bad things could have happened to me to mold me into a different person. So if you're going to question God in the bad times, you need to also be prepared to question him about the good things. Like, why did you allow all these blessings into my life? We don't do that. We're like, oh, thank you, Lord. I got all these blessings. You know, a few people mm. will say, Lord, why did you, how come you blessed me so? And if we do that, it's kind of fleeting. Like, why did you bless me so? Oh, I'm glad you did. Okay, on greater things. So I think we have to be very careful about saying we're mad at God who spoke the world into existence and can take us out at any second if he wants to. That's the bottom line. So mm, I think that is so what good. I saw is people watching me to see how I handle it. And I was like, okay, you can talk all the talk you want to about what it means to walk this Christian journey, but here's your chance to not just talk the talk, but to truly walk the walk so that people will see, okay, here's how you handle adversity. So with me, you know, my whole focus during treatment was every time they would tell me something, I would just look at them and say, okay. And (laughs) halfway through, they kind of got concerned and so then they like, maybe you should talk to someone. I'm like, why? They're, we just want to make sure that you understand. And so I repeated, like, I know what this is. This is cancer. You said this, 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 and this. I know that you, you guys think I'm not listening to you, but I am. And I know you expect me to, like, get all crazy. And, like, there's no, what's the protocol? Do you want me to, like, scream and cry and get on the floor so that you can see, like, okay, she gets it. She's, you know, just a mess. Mm-hmm. I was like, my focus is getting better, getting well, And so what comes next? So whatever you tell me I need to do that gets me to the finish line, I'm good with that. So run all the little tests you want to run, have me do all the little procedures that you want me to do, and all the little setbacks that come along the way, because anyone who's gone through treatment will tell you things do not go according to plan. There are little setbacks along the way. Mm. I kept my eyes focused on the finish line. And so that was my focus. And when I had my very last radiation treatment I remember walking out of the center and so they said oh great you're done okay you've been a great patient and I was like okay now what and they're looking at me like leave because we have other sick people to attend to you know bye and so I walked wow. out like wow is that it like I don't know if you guys expect a parade or what but it was like <laughs> okay so I'm done now what do I do? And the doctor said, you just need to get on with your life. And I was like, okay, he said get on with my life. What does that, he should have given me like a little instruction book. What does that mean? Mm. And so then I was just kind of like, like, okay, I'm done now. What do I do? Because with treatment, it takes over your life. You know, every day is like, yes. go to this appointment, take this test. They're calling you can you come do this test? I'm like, I have plans. I can't your plans. you got to come and have this kind of scan. And so all of a sudden yeah. I was like, okay, now I have my time back. Now I have my life back. What do I do? And a couple of weeks after that, I was reading this book by a pastor um, in, in, I think, Colorado or somewhere in the Midwest or out West. And he, it's, uh, the book was about this Hebrew word that means purpose. So I'm reading this book and I'm thinking, oh, okay, so Lord, I kept saying that you had a purpose for this, so I guess I need to ask you what the purpose is. I was waiting for him to, you know, like, me drive down I 4 and there's a billboard like, dear Vanessa, here's your purpose, love God. Well, no, that didn't happen. 
I was like, well, I just need to pray on, there's a reason that you had me walk this journey, and there's a reason why you allowed me to get better, so I wonder what it is. So as I prayed about it, I kept remembering people that I met during treatment who would come alone. I was very fortunate in that. Mm. I moved here to take care of me. But people would come along to treatment. So I'm like, well, don't you have any friends or have relatives? And several times people would say, you know, friends have to work. And as much as they love you, they can't be taken off every day or every week to take you to treatment. So some people would come along. Right. And I thought, what happens to people like that? There should be some kind of organization to be a support for people who need practical things done you know, who are just exhausted and need somebody to come in and clean the house or go get groceries for them or take them shopping, drive them to a medical appointment. Well, I kept looking for an organization like that, and it didn't exist. So the more I talked to no, people it about it, yeah. several close friends mm-hmm. said, Vanessa, you keep talking about a purpose. This is it. Have you thought about that maybe God wants you to start this organization? And my response was mm-hmm. always, Mm-mm, that's not what he wants because that's a lot of work, and I know I have stopped. <laughs> And I know for a fact that he does not want me to start. He just wants me to find the organization. He has no intention to <laughs> Well, every time I look, everyone said, well, maybe that's what you, why don't you start it? And enough people said it to me where finally I was like, okay, Lord, I surrender to what you're telling me. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. It has been a tremendous blessing. We're celebrating our 10th wow. uh, anniversary in September this month. So it, it's been great. But oh, every wow. time we get together with patients, because every month we'll gather the patients that we're helping for an event. You know, it's a kind of a fun event because we want them to, at least for a moment, take their minds off everything they're going through. Mm-hmm. But every time I leave, I'm thinking, okay, that's what this journey is about. Because as they share their stories, and I can say to them, yeah, I know exactly how you feel. They look at me and they're like, wow, oh, you do. It's not like someone who's never walked through cancer, like, oh, I know how you feel. Because one time um, I sprained my ankle and it was terrible. Well, I'm sure it was terrible, but that's not cancer. So when they yeah. tell me things they've gone through, I can say, I know exactly how you feel. And here's how I dealt with it. And here's what happened to me. And now look at me. I'm better. So every time I leave there, I feel like, okay, God, I am walking in your purpose for this journey. Now, as I said to a friend of mine, I was like, listen. When we get to heaven and we have, like, the heavenly news conference, because, you know, I'm in news, I'm going to say, you know, if you just told me to start this organization, I didn't have to walk with cancer. You just said, enough to start this organization, and I would have done it. And she goes, no, you wouldn't have. If you wouldn't have, you started it because now you have a heart for people who are going through cancer because you went through it yourself. And then yes. I have to say, like, oh, mm, you're right. Never mind. Okay. End of story. <laughs> um, so, mm, that's so good. It's like, that's the reason. It's like, okay, there was a reason that I went through all of this, and I get it now. It's like, light bulb. Okay, I get it. That's exactly I it. love it. I love it. And I want everyone to know the name of the organization. It is called Compassionate Hands and Heart Breast Cancer Outreach. Compassionate Hands and Heart, Breast Cancer Outreach. Oh, we love it, Vanessa. We love it. And as we close, I definitely want the ladies to know where they can go, where they can support, or anything upcoming that you may have going on for the upcoming month of October as well. So we are all over social media, so you can just find us. Just search for our name, Compassionate Hands and Heart, Breast Cancer Outreach. You can find us on, we have a website, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything. Perfect. That's wonderful. 
So as we close this time with you, first of all, who knew Vanessa Eccles was so funny? <laughs> um, I hope my laugh is serious, but it's so very hard for me to just be serious. I try. I really do. Well, I can tell that you have you have a fun personality and you love life and you you're just so energetic. And when you know, I know how those patients feel as well. And when I read your story, I was doing some research and I came across an article and it just there's a a unique connection between cancer patients. Yes. And you know what I mean? You can't really fully describe it. Yeah. But there is. It's just there. there. Is. Yes. It's very organic. It just is there. And I can tell that I can, I know exactly what you mean when you say you have a heart for people. If I can be just honest with the ladies and honest with you, layers of, um, what's the best way I could describe it? Layers of me were pulled mm-hmm. back and mm-hmm. I, I feel stripped down to the core. And I had a love and a compassion for people that I've never had before, even people that don't have cancer. And I'll just share this quick story um, before we wrap up. But I used to go to the nature's table where I work every day and, and with a few coworkers. And we used to all feel the same way that there was um, a lovely young lady now that I, you know, I know her, but she was always mm-hmm. very serious behind the, the counter taking our order, but very like, you know, just get your order and go. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so we used to think, you know, what's going on, but we just went about our day, got our food, went back to the office. Well, I had started posting videos when I was going through chemo and I took off the wig finally, and just a little bit of mm-hmm. my journey. Someone sent, sent this young lady the video. So I go down to a sandwich or something one day down there, and she looks at me. She goes, you know, I've been taking care of my mom for the last three years, and she just passed away from breast cancer. Oh, my goodness. And I about lost, you know, there's a line of people behind me looking at me, and I'm looking at her. We're getting teary-eyed. And you never know what yes. someone is going through why they have that demeanor, why they're acting like that. And so I can just say, thank you. Thank you for letting God use you for ministry and this outreach that has come out of it. Well, I don't know if we got off the subject of fear and anxiety, but I think it all wraps up. (laughs) Yes. It really is true that everyone is dealing with something. Um, You know, life can just come at you unexpectedly. And I think that does sometimes cause us to have fear and anxiety. Sometimes it's unnecessary fear and anxiety. And, you know, it, it may be every time it's unnecessary fear and anxiety. But just sometimes things that happen in life that cause us to be fearful, cause us to be anxious. But we just have to remember that at the center of everything that happens is God. Um, and he wants what's best for us. It's the age-old question of, you know, if you want what's best for us, why does sometimes he allow things to come into our lives that just crush our spirit? I don't know. It's, you know, beyond the fact that we live in a fallen world and life is not going to be perfect and bad stuff, just live long enough, bad stuff uh, happens along the journey. But I just know that when it's all said and done, you know, he's still there. When I was going through cancer, people would say, are you afraid that you're going to die? And I was like, there's nothing about death that scares me because I know I will see Jesus face to face. And, you know, my life after this one will be so much better. The thing that was always with me is 
my heart was breaking for the people who cared about me, like my parents and the rest of my family and my friends. I thought, if I die, they're going to be heartbroken, and that broke my heart. So it was never a fear about me dying, because that just barely fazed me. Like, there's nothing to fear about death. What we... It's not fear, but we just hurt for the people that we know we're leaving behind. That's why people who have cancer fight so hard. They want to get better, to be still here with their family, to be here with their friends, especially um, when I think about people who have young children. You know, they want to see those children grow up. So I think that those kind of situations can bring fear and anxiety. We just have to remember that God is at the center of all of this. He cares. He knows what we're going through. We just have to take those fears, take that anxiety to him, and allow him a chance to work it out. I, you know, we live in a society where we want instant results. We want to say, Lord, I'm fearful. I'm very anxious. Please fix this right now. Well, mm. he might, but he also might have a plan for you to go through a lot before you get to the finish line. But that's what it's all about. You know, it's, it's a process. I wish it were easy, but it's a process. And so we just have to be mindful of that and to know that we're not alone. I think that's one of the most crippling things. You think, man, everything scares me. And I see all these people around me who are so confident and assured of themselves. Well, maybe they are, but most of them have just learned to mask it. So that's why Mm. being transparent is so important. When you tell people, you know what, man, this, what I'm going through right now is scaring me to death and I'm fearful. Someone else is like, oh, my goodness, I'm going through the same thing. I had no idea. It's the same thing that you mentioned mm. with that young lady. Someone else who's going through, she didn't go through cancer herself. She was a co-survivor, you know, while her mother was still alive. So she felt what you were going through. She could really relate to that. It's the same thing with fear and anxiety. When we are open about what we're fearful about, what we're anxious about, someone else is like, oh, I get it. I'm going through the same thing. Mm. And then someone else is yeah. like, you know what, that happened to me too. But let me tell you how I walked that out in my life. You know, God that is has so a, good. We have to be open to allow Him to do the work in us. That's what it's all about. I love it. I have a verse to close us out because I, I think you know it's interesting how our, our discussion uh, to shutting down fear and anxiety has taken a turn. In the beginning, we had the key scripture. We were going from Second Timothy verse uh, chapter one verse seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Every guest Vanessa has talked about purpose purpose from the pain, purpose from the dark, you know, night that you walk through. There is purpose. And so I found this scripture because it it really, you know, the Apostle Paul has so much to be proud of. He was the scholar of scholars, the Hebrews of Hebrew, and he wrote these two verses. I'm going to read them there, but I want to read them separately. So it's from Philippians chapter 3, and he's talking about forgetting his life, losing his life. He says, all of the riches and the accolades and the scholarly, you know, awards that he had received, whatever he had, he had received, he said, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Mm-hmm. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Oh, he said, for his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it as garbage so that I can gain Christ. Oh, my goodness. And then go down to verse 14. That was from verse 7. Verse 14 says, Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach, reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize 
Vanessa was out in prayer, and then I have a little information for the ladies at the very end here. Okay. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to uh, share with these amazing women uh, what you have done in my life and what you are continuing to do and what I'm believing you to do on the rest of my journey. I just pray for um, everyone who listens to this podcast, who is dealing with any issue that these women will remember that you are the source of um, the answer to every problem that we face. Uh, this life's journey is sometimes not easy. Sometimes it's downright hard. Sometimes it's painful and heartbreaking. But you see what we're going through. You care. You have us in the palm of your hand. I just pray that you will give um, everyone who's listening to this peace because that really is what we're searching for, Lord, just the kind of peace that comes from you, not that the world is, but the kind of peace that comes from you, which is a genuine, real kind of peace. Um, I thank you uh, for just being exactly who you say you are and being able to do exactly yes. what you say you can do. Uh, bless Candy as she has opened up her heart to follow um, this idea that you laid on her heart to do this. And with her busy schedule, she still takes time to um, do this. And I just pray that... This is all used for your glory. Yes, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 As always, ladies, we love you. We thank you. We thank our guest, Vanessa Eccles, for being on with us thank today, so for the laughter, for the tears. <laughs> now that we know that you're fun, we, we may have to have you come back when we go into a different series about you. living life. And <laughs> not that we didn't know you were fun before, but you have jokes, so we, <laughs> we love that. <laughs> Vanessa, say goodbye to the ladies. We're getting out of the car for the for the moment. Oh, <laughs> thank this road you trip. so much. It has been a wonderful road trip. Thank you so much. God bless you all. Awesome. Well, ladies, until next time. Bye bye. Have a great a great weekend. A great week. Whenever you're listening to this, we love you. Bye bye. <laughs>